0: Episode 120 of Retro Encounter, the RPG fan podcast of many topics. My name is Mike Salosi, and I'm your host for today. And with me is, first, Nick Ransbottom. hey yo. And second, Nathan Lee. Hey. Now, Nick, Nathan, the three of us have something in common. We are probably the three people, I'm not going to rank us, of course, who were most excited and most advocating for Monster Hunter World which is a uh, the first fifth-generation Monster Hunter game. It came out a couple days ago at the time of this recording, but it'll probably be a week ago at the time of this podcast posting. And um, all three of us have been playing Monster Hunter games for years and have many thoughts on the topic. So uh, we basically had, hey, how about a Monster Hunter episode kicking around on the um, suggested episodes list um, on our Retro Encounter page for months now, but with uh, World happening and everyone so enthusiastic about it, we decided to do an emergency quickie recording just um, for the week after Monster Hunter World came out. Uh, so, I want to start with you, Nick. Uh, can you give us a little bit of your Monster Hunter background and maybe a little bit on why you're so excited to be playing World?
1: Yeah, I started playing um, Monster Hunter 2, uh, but I never really got that into it. It was Freedom Unite. I remember I rented it, mm. and I just got obsessed with it, like completely obsessed. It was all I played for like weeks and weeks and weeks. You could rent a PSP game? Was it? Was it? Was oh this, yeah. Was this GameFly or Blockbuster or what? Blockbuster. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. Um, and I ended up buying it, uh, just because I I loved it so much. Uh, I remember being enamored with like, the. Uh, it's it's stupid, but. Having to drink a hot and cold drink depending on your environment, I thought was just right. such a nice little touch, and made it feel so realistic. Um, so yeah, I've been playing since then. Uh, I would say Try is really when I got like super into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, with Freedom Unite, the uh, it was always a little weird to control because of the PSP. So try. Yeah, oh, did
0: you have to do the uh, the old claw technique with your I lef- did. W- with your left hand? Um... <laughs> Manipulating the camera by by like twisting your index finger over the uh, <laughs> over over the D-pad.
1: Yes, yeah, and God. it was very uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: yeah, there, there's a <laughs> lot a lot of hand cramps I think ha- happened to Monster players, Monster Hunter players over the years with that claw. All right, please continue.
1: Uh, so, tries when I really got into it uh, because I could use an actual controller, um, and I spent I I want to say like over 300 hours in try plus at least 150 and try ultimate for the Wii U. Um, and that's, that's when I started really loving it. 4, I never really got that into. Uh, I, I liked it, but for whatever reason, it didn't grab me. Uh, so I probably had like maybe 30 hours logged into that. I barely scratched the surface. It's kind of the same thing with Generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only about 60 hours into it. I was actually just playing it the other week. Uh, going back into it and everything to uh, get ready for the new one. But yeah, it's a series that I think is really special to me because I met a lot of friends through playing it, you know, like meeting up on online forums and everything to exchange IDs and hunt together. And it's just a good social experience for me, I think. Right on, and
0: we will definitely talk about the social experience of Monster Hunter multiplayer in a short time. But, uh, but before I have you go, before I ask you the same question, Nathan, I I want to run it back a little bit. Um, in case a listener maybe isn't familiar as familiar with the you know large series at large as all of us are. Uh, Monster Hunter One was a PS1 was a, sorry, a PlayStation 2 game. It had, a, it had a PSP port and then also an expanded version. Uh, Monster Hunter 2 was also a PS2 game, but then it had a PSP version and a PSP expansion that were very different from the PS2 version. And I think that first PSP one, the, the PSP expansion, it was called Freedom Unite, and that was the one that uh, Nick mentioned being his first big one. Then you have Monster Hunter Tri, which was Monster Hunter 3 for the Wii and it had its um expanded version was i think a 3DS game correct was 3 ultimate 3DS it
1: it was uh 3DS yeah. and Wii U
0: okay 3DS and Wii U was 3 ultimate got it Yeah. and then uh, monster hunter 4 and 4 ultimate were they both 3DS or were they Wii U and 3DS I mean, uh
1: 4 i think 3DS. It was 3DS only
0: yeah okay and and uh, and 4U was also 3DS yes right okay and now we're in uh, monster hunter world which is the which is you know, basically Monster Hunter 5, but they're calling it World. And it is for um, Xbox One and PS4 for now and has a PC port coming later. So, all right. That, that, that's basically all of the Monster Hunter in the main series that we've had. There's also a, a an Asia-only... Online MMO version of it called Monster Hunter Frontier, and one exclusively for Chinese market PCs called Monster Hunter Online, and there's a few other spin-offs we'll get to later. But that's, but we're mostly going to be talking about the main series. And Nathan, now same question to you that I um, gave to Nick. What's your general background with Monster Hunter?
2: All right, so I played the original Monster Hunter on PS2 way back in the day. Uh, it was a game that I. Kind of fell in love with, even though I wasn't very good at it. I don't think I got past HR three, uh, Hunter Rank three on uh, the original. But it was just kind of awkward with me with the controls. You haven't used the right stick to attack was just really odd for me.
0: And also, also Monster Hunter was a, it was a, a uh, not really an early PS2 game. I think it came out in O two or O three. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I might be might be older than that. But it also was one of the early game, um, PS2 games to use that modem. That you could get optionally for online multiplayer.
2: Yeah, it was. So I think that was when it, uh, the the boom really began. It was uh, I think it was after maybe after the original one, but but uh, monsters online has always been integral to the experience of Monster Hunter.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. right. So so then, so, so, you, so you played the first one, and then after that, what uh, what was your experience?
2: After that, I missed. I think have a PSP, so I missed all the PSP releases, and then Try is what got me back into Monster Hunter. Just the same with Nick. I probably put around around eight hundred hours into try.
0: Sweet Moses.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I put a lot into try, and then three ultimate. I didn't spend as much time on because I was kind of sour over you couldn't transfer your experience, which makes sense. But I didn't want to play a game that I already played for eight hundred fifty hours again from the scratch. (laughs) So then, then I played all of them since then. So four ultimate, I played, and then generations, now one world.
0: That was one nice thing about the, uh, Monster Hunter Freedom 2 and Freedom Unite, which were the, uh, second generation PSP games, was the, uh, Unite was the expanded version of 2, but you could transfer your character data over from, t- from Freedom 2 to Freedom Unite. I opened up my own, my old Freedom Unite file, uh, earlier today just just to see what what I can remember from that and it it's uh a little funny it didn't transfer all the data over i think it transfers uh your your hunter and all of your items but not things like your uh like your guild card and all of your data cuz it it showed me as having um about i think around 500 or 550 hunts total but a few things like uh several weapons that were had zero quests <laughs> on um attached to them which is which is false because i definitely tried every weapon when i played freedom 2 uh before freedom unite but uh so it, it yeah it, basically it didn't transfer everything over but it was uh, it's awesome that you were able to do that for at least some of the monster hunter games but yeah i guess uh, yeah. it's my turn now um I got into it with Monster Hunter Freedom 2 uh, because my best friend, who I've been playing video games with for 25 years or so, or okay, okay, more like 21 or 22 years, he got really into the first PSP Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Freedom, and when 2 came out, he was bugging me to play it with him for, I don't know exactly how long, maybe a year, and when 2 came out, he bought me a copy as a gift. And I said, "All right. Well, now I got. Now he gave this to me, and he it's a multiplayer game, so I should at least give it a good faith effort." And I got, I got into it pretty deep. I think my total hours played ended up being about two hundred on Freedom Two, and another two hundred to two hundred and fifty on Freedom Unite. It was a, oh, actually no, I just checked that that game. It was, I think it was like two hundred and twenty-five or something, for uh, on Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. So I got really, really into those, and um. But then I fell off the wagon a little bit when uh the Capcom moved over to Tr- Monster Hunter try on the Wii and my friend who got me into the series was unwilling to play a Wii because he only he only really plays on uh sony systems and p and pc and uh and I tried Monster Hunter try and really hated the controls i th- I mostly uh, I was being a little obstinate, and, and I did try it on a pro controller, but it. W- but I didn't like the underwater stuff. I, um, there, basically I was very attached to the PSP Monster Hunter, and a little mad that the third PSP Monster Hunter, the, uh, which is called Portable 3 in Japan, and uh, and never came out in the United States. So I was a little bit mad about that, and I didn't like the Wii controls. So I I stopped playing Monster Hunter, after the PSP ones, and, um. When I attended E3 in 2017 and saw the trailer for Monster Hunter World, and then saw a live demo of Monster Hunter World from one of the from one of the game's directors, um, I I was enchanted. It looked like it had it it uh, was. A modernization of Monster Hunter that the series needed, and got really excited for it. So after we, after I got home from E3, I bought a copy of Monster Hunter Generations, which is I'm not sure if you mentioned this before, is a is a 3DS game that acts as a bit of like a cap off to the first four generations because uh, of Monster Hunter, because you you visit towns and locations from all of the previous three generations, and it has a bunch of monsters from all of all the games in the series, uh, and is you know, and it has a bunch of weird twists to the gameplay with a, a style system that maybe we can talk about later. But I, I played a, a little bit of that between um, 20 and 25 hours, I think. But now Monster Hunter World is here, and I'm excited. I am I am relapsing to an old addiction that I played for 400 hours in the 2000s, <laughs> 10 years ago. And uh, and I'm back in. So let's take another step back. Um These Monster Hunter games, it's a little weird to be covering them uh, for a website that really focuses only on RPGs. Because these games stretch the definition of what an RPG is a little bit. Uh, We don't need to go into what's an RPG, what isn't an RPG discussions here. But in general, these games have always been action games with just the barest bones of story attached. um, attached to them, like because I I didn't play any of the fourth generation Monster Hunter games. Was there a, some kind of story mode in four or four U or some kind of at least narrative thrust?
1: I think it was as basic as you know the previous ones. To my knowledge, uh, nothing right. certainly they, stood out for me. They tried a little bit harder to create a story, but it it's still like it's still a very bare bones story. All
0: right, because right, I mean the one I played the most, Monster in Hunter Freedom Two and Freedom Unite. The story is. You create your character, you visit a new town, the town is beset by monsters, and monsters are always creating problems around them. So you uh, join a monster-hunting guild and hunt these monsters, you build new weapons, new armor from the monster's parts, and just, and just you know, as the threats around the town escalate, you fight stronger and stronger mo- monsters until you're you know in an endgame black hole of never-ending monsters and never-ending equipment. Um I I never there's yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um it's uh it's a little bit MMO in well, in in progression because you're I mean that's you're always just doing more challenging and challenging missions for for rarer and rarer materials. But uh would you say that like I mean does the story even matter? Like they're they're trying a little harder for a single player story content with Monster Hunter World, but uh, Nathan, do you think that the that story ever matters for Monster Hunter?
2: Uh, story it doesn't matter too much. it's kind of just more like to like get getting you you single player is good for like just for beginners to get started in, mechanics in the
0: game right so there isn't a whole lot of story uh attached to most of the monster hunter games like there you're a newer a newcomer to a village it's a created it's a player created character the and it's, you know, what you're doing is ostensibly protecting the village. But um, I think I mentioned this a little bit ago, but Monster Hunter World is trying a little harder this time. Uh, Nick, I, I know uh, we haven't gotten that far in Monster Hunter World yet. It came out only a couple days ago at the time of this recording, but um, what do you think of the new story tricks that Monster Hunter World is trying to bring to the series?
1: Well, I'm about 18 hours in. I got to go oh, daily for review. <laughs> I'm Hunter rink 6 already. Um, from what I have played, <laughs> I actually am enjoying the story they're putting in. Um, the cutscenes, uh, like in quests and everything, really help to flesh out the universe and like the ecosystem and everything. Um, the story itself, still kind of basic, but there is motivation now as to what you're doing. You know, you're this hunter, there's this new world that you're exploring. You're part of this uh, group called the Commission, and you're the Fifth Fleet. Uh, and you're out there tackling you know these new monsters in this all new territory trying to discover why these elder dragons keep migrating um there's this big action sequence um that reminded me a little bit of uncharted uh you're scaling the 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 like back of a monster uh and attacking magma cores it's really really cool um so I like what they're doing it it's It's a story that's, you know, like I said, basic, but it gives it motivation, and there are really good set pieces so far.
0: Yeah, I'm basically with you. It it seems to be a little bit more um, tied to, like, ecology than uh, older games in the series, because it's because um, the the mission that you're on is a, you know, a discovery mission and a fact-finding mission, and there's ecologists and uh, quartermasters and botanists that you interact with at your home base, uh, and, like, collecting data is more uh, important to Monster Hunter World than any other previous game in the series. But I, but I basically like it, too. There's a, there's a little bit more story bones in World than in any other game in the series. But it, it's, still a, it's, it's still the same old Monster Hunter in, in, in a good way, I would say, for the most part. Um, but, you know, it's right there in the title. This game is about monsters and hunting them. And part of what really drew me into the series was that all of these monsters are really cool designs. Like, uh, you're basically like, just hunting and capturing, um, dinosaurs and dragons and giant beasts and the Capcom people that, uh, designed these really have a lot of fun, I think, because they're a bunch of cool wyverns and dragons and whatnot. Um, Nick, do you have a, uh, let's say from the first time you played the game, was there, did you have a favorite monster that you just loved hunting or uh, or lo- or maybe you liked it so much you didn't want to hunt it anymore? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think the one that stuck out to me uh, the most was probably Rathalos.
0: Uh, oh, so, which... so, so the poster boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just mm-hmm. thought he was so, so cool and such a pain in the butt to fight. Uh, and he just seemed very powerful. Like he would just rip me to shreds. Uh, and I thought that was that was fun and also empowering to fight a monster like that and taking it on against all odds and everything.
0: Yeah, Rathalos was the cover monster in the very first Monster Hunter game and when I went to the Monster Hunter World uh um section of Capcom's booth at E3, they had a giant Rathalos statue hanging out hanging there. <laughs> I'm oh, sure nice. I'm sure you can find a picture oh, of it. I'm sure you can find a picture of it if you look at um the E3 coverage of most gaming websites, including RPG fans. But, uh, and yeah, and it's a big, cool red fire wyvern, and, uh, but the Rathalos are all male. They're the female of the same species, is called a Rathian, and they're a little, they're green and a little bit less aggressive. But they're, they're really cool looking. Uh, uh Nathan, do you have a favorite monster from, say, the first couple generations? No, it's
2: gonna be generic. You actually just mentioned the, the Rathian, which <clears throat> is kind of the monster for me that I never beat as a kid, just because. It part, part of it terrified me too because I was only like, say, like 10 or 11 years old when I played the original. <laughs> and trying to grab the monster eggs from the nest while the ratting chases you is <laughs> quite quite the fear. Those for missions are challenging because
0: when you pick up those monster eggs, you can hardly walk or climb. It's really annoying. Yeah. I don't remember if all of them have it, but there's, whenever the, uh, uh, an egg delivery mission happens, I just, you know. Groan. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like, it's like exactly. oh no, another one uh, of these.
2: There are worse ones in later games, like powder stone ones. Those ones are the worst. They damage you while you carry them.
0: Right, yeah, powder stones are like some... like, uh, volatile volcanic rocks or something. Yeah. The other missions I hate the most are the ones where you have to harvest bug parts. Because... See? the giant insect enemies that you fight will often be destroyed completely when you hit them. Uh, and you, can't, and you can't harvest the parts you need for the quest. So you have to do something like poison them with, a. Uh, with a uh, with like a poison knife, so that they'll they'll die they'll die normally, and then you can carve them for parts. And we we should mention like one thing about Monster Hunter that I think turns off a lot of people from the series is just the overabundance of items. Like uh, Nick mentioned, hot drinks and cold drinks that you have to drink to enter certain areas. Like uh, you need to drink a cold drink to hunt in the desert during the daytime, or else you'll take damage. And you'll need to drink a hot drink to hunt in the desert at nighttime, or else your your stamina will drop super fast. And Oh shoot! There's uh, you know, whetstones. Yeah, whetstones and tranquilizers and a bunch of different things for healing and it five crops, or six. So yeah. yeah, five or six uh, status effects. There's a bunch of stuff to deal with in Monster Hunter, and then uh, elaborate crafting systems. It's I think a lot of people get scared away from the series from that. But I had I had a friend that had been playing the game for over a year, uh, guiding me through most of that. And I think that uh, new players a lot of the time need a bit of a guiding hand to help get into it.
1: Mm-hmm. I should say too uh, going off what you said about the giant insects um, one of the best things about Monster Hunter well one of the worst things actually uh, is the the progression loop and I say it's the best thing because that's what makes it so much fun the worst thing because it also makes it totally addictive um, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite armor sets throughout the entire series is the giant insect one from and it's Binaharbra, I think is how you pronounce the monster's name. It's a it's a giant like mosquito. Okay. Uh, and if you I I farmed for probably like three hours, if not more, trying to do trying to get the carbs because they were so rare, and you had to do poison smoke bombs to poison them, and you could only get like one or two at a time with one of those smoke bombs. Uh, but the payoff was an amazing uh, insect-winged tuxedo with a top <laughs> hat. And you could change the color of it, and so I just I loved it. That's um, cool. I'm
0: not, I I'm not sure if there was a Banabra set in the older one I played. Maybe there was.
2: It's hmm. may, maybe, but so hard to get Banabra parts that you probably missed it.
0: Yeah, I don't I, I know that Vespoids and Hornetors and were in Freedom Unite, but I'm not sure Banabras were. I, I, I guess Banabras a little bit more mosquito-like, and Vespoids a little bit more wasp-like. Is is a, I, I think I'm yeah. looking at looking yeah at, I, I'm thinking yeah. yeah looking at pictures of them I think that's the gist of it but yeah that sounds cool did um Nathan did you have a favorite like armor set from uh any of the games that you uh, that you grew attached to uh,
2: I want to say something maybe like, like the Cruise from try it's also in like I think four four Euro generations can't remember which one but that was a cool one because especially in try having to hunt the monster on the cover was. It's always a treat to be able to do that and take yeah, it down.
0: The Lagiacrus is, um, is a, is a cool-looking um, aquatic dinosaur-looking guy, and he's and he's he's the cover monster of Monster Hunter Tri, right? Yep. Right. Right. Okay. And he so, shoots lightning
1: a, out of his back. It's really, it's really great.
0: A lightning <laughs> yeah. sea serpent. Dope. Okay. So, so um, what's cool about yeah. the Lagiacrus set?
2: Uh, I just felt like the way it looks, the way you ha- you ha- get the uh, the Lagiacrus spikes on the on the back of the armor. I think that's what happens. It would see that it's the that would the horns you get on your helmet. One of those. It's, it's like a pull up a design. But yeah, I like that part of it.
0: <laughs>
2: a lot of the designs in Monster Hunter games are just awesome.
0: Yeah, they always have the um I mean the monsters and the armor always look cool and and part of the fun of, you know, uh of, of all of doing all this hunting is, you know, making the the next cool armor set. And uh, I mean speaking personally, I the armor that I loved the most back in the uh back in my monster hunter freedom days was probably the uh the Cyanator set or at least one of the later ones the uh shogun Cyanator is a gigantic hermit crab with like blade claws in the front of it and uh their and its armor set uh basically gave you extra sharpness to your weapons and had your sharpness not uh decay as quickly i think one of us mentioned uh, whetstones is among the many items that you have to deal with pl- during hunts, and that's because as you attack monsters, your weapons dull and lose sharpness, and sharpness is an important damage con- uh, component to your weapons. So you have to, you know, use whetstones on your, wetness- on your weapons to, you know, maintain sharpness. But this, uh, this Sianator set, which is this real crazy, you know, like I don't know, uh, shredder from Ninja Turtles looking thing. Uh, basically gave you bonus sharpness and had your sharpness decay less quickly and because i always wanted as much sharpness as possible i i used that set for a long long time and got really uh, attached to it but uh let's see uh we've been talking i i guess i just mentioned weapons and their sharpness a little bit and i think that this is one of the the most important parts of monster hunter over the course of the series um, with uh, Other than... We're, we won't talk about medium bowguns, because I think medium bowguns were only in one of the third-generation games, and they sort of forgot about them afterwards. But other than those, there are 14 weapon types in Monster Hunter, and each of those weapon types is very different and very detailed, and there's a lot going on no matter what weapon you choose. So, uh... Oh, I'm not sure how to begin this. Um, uh, Nathan, tell the listeners... About your fav- one or two of your favorite weapons and why they're unique and different, because there's a lot there's a lot going on in any weapon in this game. But uh, so g- g- give right, so... G- give the give the listeners a primer on one or two of your fa- of your preferred weapons.
2: Alright, so one of the ones I've always stuck with, its just a little bit odd coming from a Veteran Hunter, is the Sword and Shield, which is your basic one. So Sword and Shield just allows you to, it's a very versatile weapon set, so with Sword and Shield you can uh, use items while you have your weapon drawn, which is unique to Sword and Shield, you cannot do that with anything else. You also get a little bit of protection with the Sword and Shield, which you block attacks. You will take a small bit of damage, but not you won't be able to block it entirely. And it just allows you to be very nimble because you don't have to put your weapon away very often, and you can walk a lot faster with it. And probably yeah, my there's... next one. Would... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah, there's, you know you're right. There's good mobility and defense and uh, tricks with the sword and shield, but it doesn't have a ton of damage output compared to a lot of other weapons. But I, uh, yeah. I, I didn't ever main the sword and shield, but um, for a couple of really difficult hunts in Unite, I built. An ice sword and shield only for two specific monsters, <laughs> because uh, because otherwise I would just I would just die way too often and take way too much damage if I was using any other weapon. Um, uh, it, it it wasn't uh, the, uh shoot the the weapon was called the ice fang and I used it only for desert Blango bosses and for rejongs and that was it. <laughs> so yeah,
2: so... I I like to t- tell my friends that hey, at least I don't die when I when I'm hunting with them because <laughs> <laughs> we use sword and shield. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a very safe weapon, but it's, sometimes you want that safety on your weapon. So uh, what was the other one you want to talk about?
2: Well, I was going to talk about the Hunting Corner, which is a bit of a more recent one. Because I'm a bit more of a support player. I'm not like too into getting hit by the monster a lot, which is a little bit odd for me. But the uh, Hunting Corner allows you to buff uh, your teammates with, uh, say, attack or defense or health. Or you can also buff yourself. You can make yourself move faster. You can reduce weapon sharpness. Or you can negate winds. It does all sorts of things, which is helpful
0: for your team when hunting like something big yeah and uh i um nick i mean you can if you have a any any comment on this too please chime in i think the hunting horn designs are kind of amazing like they're all giant bagpipes or giant guitars or shamisen or or wind instruments they they're among the more unique looking weapons and you both bash monsters with them and play songs that can heal or boost you and your allies they're they're goofy but i am I am garbage at using hunting horns, my uh yeah my my my, my regular hunting partner did use them sometimes, but man they, they are an awkward but they, and they can be powerful, but they're an awkward and very different weapon. I, I don't like, mm-hmm. using I, I like
2: using them. I kind of like using them kind of like an alternate to the hammer because so, it just does a little less damage, but you can also do the buffs, so I find mm-hmm. it a good alternate
0: so uh Nick, do you have a favorite one or two weapons that you want to um, talk uh, talk about for however long?
1: Uh, yeah, I think my favorite, it's also a recent one, it's the Insect Glaive, uh, mm-hmm. which is a little more on the technical side, but not, it's not too complex, it's not nearly as complex as I find the hunting horn to be, which I can never play for the life of me. Uh, so with the Insect Glaive, you have a creature called a Kinsect, and what you do is you aim it at a specific part of a monster, the, the head, the tail, the feet, and the body. And depending on where you hit, it gives you a. It draws like an essence from the monster and gives you a buff. Uh, So there's like an attack boost, a defense boost, a speed boost, or you can sometimes get health. Um, And the glaive also allows you to be very mobile and to jump into the air and everything. It makes it easy to mount monsters once that mechanic was introduced, which I think was in like four. Um, It. I'm using it right now in in the new one. And I am just zipping across the map, uh, barely getting touched by the monsters uh, with being able to dodge up in the air and everything. It's really fantastic. yeah, my uh, second one. Oh,
0: go ahead. I uh, I'm a little intimidated by the glaive cuz it uh it was introduced after I stopped playing Monster Hunter and I and in the Monster Hunter games I played in the past the mounting wasn't a feature yet. But the glaive is wild. It, it's it's really stylish. It looks like a um perk me if I'm wrong, but most of the glaives look like uh basically staves with with blades or um you know, attachments on either end and there's a lot of you know a lot of spinning a lot of very quick movements a lot of very stylish stuff going on for glaive users that and then you have your attached bug that can pop out of the glaive um you know bite or drain the monster and then and then return and give you a boost there's a lot going on but and they're really cool looking but i don't even know where to begin trying to figure out how to use one
1: there um <laughs> i always tell people They're about as complex as a dual blade once you get the hang of the kinsect. Um, And the kinsect itself, too, you can, it has its own tree of upgrades. So you can actually change what type of kinsect it is, but you can also imbue it with like an elemental property. Uh, I have three right now one is water, one is, uh, and then two are thunder. Uh, One has a healing property. One has a paralysis property, and one has a poison property. Mm-hmm. So they're very useful. Um, and they're not, they're not too hard to play. I think what intimidates people is the kinsect, and also the fact that you have got to be mobile when you are using this weapon. Because uh, if you're just stationary, it's, you might as well be using something else, because uh, you're not taking advantage of the actual weapon.
0: Right on. And uh, listeners, if that sounds complicated, that's only one of 14 weapons that this game has. (laughs) But uh, uh, Nick, what was the the second weapon you wanted to describe to us?
1: I really love the longsword. I was using that a lot in Generations, apparently. I logged in to see which weapon I was using the most, and it was actually the longsword and not the glaive. Um, that is very useful, I find, for breaking off the tails of the monster, like to, you know, to cut off, mm-hmm. cut them off. Um, uh, which you'll, you know what, you'll, blah, blah, blah. You're going to want to do in order to get specific carves, uh, for specific w- weapons and armor sets. Um, and it's just, it's a beast, man. That thing can slice and dice like nothing else. Yeah, and I like, it's lo- so cool looking. I, I like, like lo- giant yeah
0: they they're 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 giant nodachi sized katanas and they all look cool well it's one of the i think one of the cooler looking weapons and 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 the and the movements for it are um maybe not as fast as dual swords or or the glaive but it it' it's a fast flowy stylish weapon
1: too just makes you feel like a really hmm. cool samurai or something taking down a a gigantic beast yeah, i, I it's think a, it's one been
2: one of my favorites I remember using a lot in try.
0: Um, Longsword is one of the weapons I'm using the most now in World. It, it's, uh, it's one of the four or five weapons I use the most in Unite as well, and th- the one complicated part about it is that there's a spirit meter that you build as you attack, and then you, can, uh, there's, you use a special you know, R button or R2 button spirit combo once your meter's full, and if you land the last hit of that, your sword takes on a glow. And you can upgrade that glow from a white glow to a yellow glow to a red glow. And each one of the glows increases your attack power by, I think, 15 or 20%. So Longsword is all about building up that meter, spending all that meter, building up your glow, getting to a red glow, and then just really shredding them once you have a red glow on your on your cool katana. And it's it, it's a very fun weapon to use. I, I like using the Longsword a lot.
1: Yeah, it just makes you feel really powerful. Um and like I said, the designs on all of them are just amazing. Uh, they, they probably do have my favorite designs outside of the hunting horns, I think.
0: <laughs> the hunting horns, I think, are, are very unique, cool designs. But I, I agree, the, the longsword katanas all look awesome. I guess it's my turn now. Um, just to give you an idea of how, many, of how much I use this weapon, uh, in my Unite save file that I looked at earlier today, uh which means only, it did which means it ignores all of my freedom to uh, hunts and only my hunts from unite so about 200 hours of questing uh, i think it was around 450 or 500 hunts and more than 300 of them were with the hammer um, uh, so like about mm-hmm. 6 like 65 or 75% of my hunts were uh, 65 or 70% of my hunts were with the hammer the hammer is about as big as you are it is a giant unwieldy thing and most of the of your strikes are just overhead strikes directly into the ground. There's not a whole lot of horizontal distance on the hammer. But it is hugely impactful and satisfying, like even just hearing the crunch and splash sounds you get from hammer strikes. And it's probably the best weapon in the game for breaking monsters' heads uh, or, or fangs, because um, mm-hmm. it, it deals a lot of impact damage that's good for breaking. But of course you can't get tail cuts. And sometimes, uh, and some other, I think, monster parts and monster damage won't uh, won't work for um, impact weapons. But I I loved using the hammer, and a lot of them is like for a lot of monsters that, when standing, their head is uh, is several feet above yours. Uh, if you stand sort of to the near their head, but at an angle, so you're not directly in front of them, a regular hammer combo will be able to hit the 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 you know the rathalos or whatever at at least two or three times right in their skull and if you hit them in the head enough times you'll knock them out and stun them for several seconds with them on the ground so when i'm when i'm playing the hammer it's it's you can't block with it so you're always just trying to get in position trying to figure out which kind of hammer strike whether it's the r or triangle or, or circle strike is would get you in the best position and then just trying to land headshots until you stun them and that's that's the game within a game of of the hammer which is again the weapon i use by far the most in my monster hunting career and uh you you both you, you both went into the long sword and the sword and shield which are two weapons i used a lot but uh the the other one i want to talk about is the bow guns uh, more specifically the heavy bow gun there's um two bowgun style weapons in monster hunter light bow gun and heavy bow gun um, and they're basically crossbows that use a variety of ammo, and being able to load and reload and switch ammos on the fly is very key to um, using them effectively. But light bow guns give you more mobility. Like, when you have it out, you can move much more quickly. And uh, heavy bow guns are, have more firepower, and also can you can, like, unload your entire ammo supply of certain types of ammo when using a heavy bow gun and light bow guns you cannot do that but you can uh, use like fire all of your ammo of one type at once like like you can do like a tr- it's called rapid fire you can do a like a triple shot of say fire ammo on a light bow gun but on the rapid fire on a heavy bow gun will be just unloading a bunch of fire ammo at once it's it, basically you get more m- mobility and more safety on a light bow gun and good elemental shots well, but you get more raw damage and much much less mobility on a heavy bow gun and I loved using the heavy bow gun especially if I had a set that gave me more evasion so I could you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get caught you know uh, completely immobile uh, and my, my rolls would be safer but uh, like bowgunning is completely different from every other weapon in monster hunter and I picked up the heavy bow gun only because I was having a lot of difficulty hammering certain monsters, and my, my hunting partner friend said, oh, you should try to, to bowgun those, because they're, they're, they're jokes if you learn how to bowgun. And he was absolutely right, <laughs> speaking specifically about Plesioth and Gravios. And I, So I started bowgunning just to hunt those two monsters, and they ended up being the weapon I used the third or fourth most in my monster hunting career.
1: Uh, is there a reason you chose the heavy bow gun over the light bow gun? Because for me, I like to be very agile and mobile on the battlefield, so I'm just interested you know like, do you like to hit um, heavier than you do to, you know, move quickly?
0: Basically yes, and the thing uh, the thing about it is like I was already used to using the uh, the hammer and the longsword, which don't have any defensive moves and uh, but but do give you a lot of good roll timing. So I was I was comfortable playing with a weapon that made me mostly immobile, except for except I could still roll. So when I tried both the heavy bowgun and light bowgun, um, I found that I was just killing monsters faster with the heavy bowgun. And if I used a, an equipment set like a uh, oh, uh, like a Narga Kuga equipment set, and I had some extra evasion, I could I my survivability was just fine. So it, it, I I tried both, liked heavy bowgun more. Especially if I had evasion boosts with it, so and 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 I sort of discovered that playing Freedom Two and not Freedom Unite, and which is why my Freedom Unite save is a lot of heavy bowgun and almost no light bowgun.
1: I may try to get out of my comfort zone and uh, try that out in the new one. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, I might try bowguns.
0: Monster Hunter World. It makes bowgunning a little bit easier, and for good reasons. Um, because in the older Monster Hunter games, there was separate armor sets for bowgun and uh, for ranged weapons and melee weapons, called blade master versus gunner. But in uh, but that's not the case anymore. In Monster Hunter World, you build I don't know, say uh, say a Baroth set, and you don't have to make a Barath, a separate Baroth gunner and Baroth blade master. You get your Baroth set. Is the only one you need to make, and when you switch from a, a melee weapon to a ranged weapon, just the uh, the stats on it and the skills on it will change, slight, will tweak slightly to fit the weapon that you're using, which is which makes things easier. And also having um, two good uh, joysticks for aiming um, makes you know makes the basic controls and mechanics of bow gunning much easier. There's still a lot of ammo manipulation and reloading uh, tactics to deal with. And uh, so that that'll be new to people if you, you if you don't if you haven't bowgunned before. But I'm excited to try it. I think I've done one mission with a bow-gun so far, but I I, I really want to just see get as far as I can, mostly using the hammer and the longsword and a couple other weapons. And once I have more resources and I'm more comfortable with the game, I'll build a good bow-gun and try gunning again. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm gonna try that out. It's it's worth it. Like, and again, um. Part of the reason that there's 14 weapons in the game is I think that a lot, of, uh, a lot of monsters are better suited to one weapon than the other. Like, I, again, I started bow gunning just to deal with two specific monsters. And I made a pretty, a, I made one of the best ice sword and shields in the game in Freedom Unite just to deal with two monsters. It, it, it's, I, I think it's really hard to be a one weapon person in a Monster Hunter game because that, that really puts you at a disadvantage but uh, so yeah. and, so new players or returning players I urge you try all of them and pick a couple or several favorites and don't be one of those you know gamefax.com edge that uses dual blades and everything because those people are just the worst
1: I would say too it also is like limiting your enjoyment of the game yeah. uh to just stick to one weapon mm-hmm. that's you yeah. know that's the fun you know the 14 different weapon types are so different um so yeah don't don't stick to one weapon and,
2: you have know, to experiment, even just for, for yourself. Like you, you never know what weapon you might like the best.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was, I was terrified of using ranged weapons because the, the ranged weapons are light bowgun, heavy bowgun, and the bow and arrow, which is a little, which is much more mobile and safe than bowgunning, and you don't deal with ammo, but you do deal with arrow coatings and all kinds of weird mechanics that terrify me, frankly. But I, I was very resistant to bowgunning until I was told you should try that against a, against a Plesioth, and uh, and I ended up loving it. But Oh, one thing now, Nick was absolutely right. There are, the fourteen weapons are all so different that sticking to one, I mean, you're, that means you're sticking to what? Is it seven seven percent of all of the action in the game? That which seems insane. Um, so definitely try all the weapons. But what's also important, I think, is how is how same the how all of the weapons are the same. Um, in that every hammer has the same range, the same mechanics, the same everything as every other hammer. The only thing that difference, the only thing that changes is, you know, damage and sharpness and what element it is and what status effect it has. But every hammer, mechanically, is identical. So, if you learn, if you mostly use the hammer, like I did back in the day eight years ago, then, uh, you know, then you're learning every hammer in the game. It's, it's not like you get a new hammer and suddenly everything is different. You're just dealing more damage or different a different kind of damage. So mastering each of these weapons, there's only 14 of them. You don't have to master hundreds of weapons with different timings and different speeds. Just 14. Which I, I think helps a little bit. Because if, if every hammer had a different weight or different timing, it would be insane mm-hmm. trying to learn a new weapon every time you upgrade your hammer. Just using that as an example.
1: I think yeah, that would monster, monster. Go ahead,
2: Nathan. So that would have probably turned a lot of people off already if they weren't already monster fans.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, those are six of the 14 weapons that we went into in, in pretty intense detail. And I mean, all six of those were different, were so different that, uh, I mean, we didn't go into the great sword, which is usually the starting weapon that they give you in every game, uh, which is, you know, like a, cl- like a cloud strife sized buster sword that can attack or guard. And uh oh, we talked about the bow a little bit. There's lances and gun lances, which are among the most offensive weapons in the game. We use giant shields and lances that let you poke and explode and, on enemies. Those are those, my, my uh the, the gun lance is the favorite weapon of my uh, my friend that I play with the most. And yeah, there's there's 14 of these. <laughs> um, but I'm also, I also want to exit my comfort zone a little bit. I've mostly been hammering like old times, but I really want to try. One of the games that, one of the uh, weapons that was added after I stopped playing. I've I've done a couple hunts with the switch axe, and and it's been pretty fun so far. But I haven't uh, I haven't done very many hunts yet.
1: I will teach you the glaive. <laughs> I, I, I I will take
0: you up on that tutoring offer eventually. But for now, I'm gonna I, I want to just make my way through the game a little bit. I'm uh, you know trying to get a full Toby Kadachi set.
2: Yes, I-, I could teach you a little bit about the switch axe too if you need.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Switch Act so far, but again, I think I've done three hunts with it, which barely counts. Um, so, now one thing that I think, if if Monster Hunter has a mascot character that isn't, say, you know, the big popular monsters like Rathalos or Tigrex that are on the cover, it's probably the fe- the felines, or the linians, or the pelicos, or whatever they decide to call the cats in, in, uh, in each game. Um, because it, basically in the world of Monster Hunter, there's species of cats... That are intelligent and walk on two legs. That uh, some and some of them are wild and can and you know you fight them in during hunts. And some of them are companion animals and assist, assistant animals, and they're very cute. Um, you get to design <laughs> your own palico for the beginning of Monster Hunter World, which I'm not sure you could do in other games. Uh, could you?
2: You can, but it's not to the degree of this game.
0: Right. All right. So, uh, Nick, tell us about the cats in Monster Hunter because they're. They're so cute.
1: <laughs> they are very cute. Um, so cute, in fact, I named mine Lil Muffin. Because uh, that's what he is. He's a Lil Muffin. That's a cute uh, name. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. He's, he's very adorable. I like how I customized him. So your uh, cat, when you're playing single player, is basically you know, a second player. It, it accompanies you on your journey. It has its own AI it can drop out helpful items for you, like it can heal you, it can paralyze a monster based on the weapon you're using. Super useful. Um, And it's a way for if you, Monster Hunter is very much a multiplayer experience and a very social experience, but if you do want to play single player, the Palicos help you uh, get through your journey by yourself. So they're very important. And cute. Yes. It is they are important,
0: but it is also important that they are very cute. Um, so uh, Nathan, like, do you what's your attachment to palicos or uh, felines? I'm not, I'm never sure what to call them because Monster Hunter changes their basic terminology almost every game or every generation. So, uh, what's your attachment and experience using the cats in Monster Hunter?
2: Uh, I like using them during single player. They're pretty useful, especially early on when you when you're new and they can help you out with bomb with bombing monsters or you know paralyzing them with traps. That kind of thing. They kind of drop off later on because they don't really have the health to sustain against high rank monsters. But it's it's always nice to have like a monster, basically have a monster decoy so you can heal and do other things. So I I like having them around. It's way better than doing it solo.
0: Right on. So yeah, if you, if uh, all of the complexities of combat and monsters that uh, we were talking about earlier are making you unwilling to play Monster Hunter, listener, maybe the cats will bring you back in. Okay. Um, we've been talking for uh, almost an hour already, but we there's still plenty to deal, to deal with. Um, I put out a call on Twitter uh, earlier this week if anyone wanted to um, had specific topics that they wanted us to bring up during this episode, and we did, we got a couple responses. Um, first of all, from a uh, friend of the website, Simon Farag, he asked me why I'm suddenly excited about Monster Hunter again, and is this the biggest heel turn since Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan in 1987? Um, first of all, to answer the second part of his question, no, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels was a much bigger heel turn, and that was a few years later. And to answer the first part of the question, I already brought that up, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I fell off the wagon in Monster Hunter because I didn't like the Nintendo one, and oh, maybe I didn't mention this. My my hunting partner that I you know that I uh, played with a lot moved to Germany <laughs> in 2010, <laughs> and uh, he's he's back in the United States now. But for a while, like because I had so much fun playing multiplayer, and found the single player in Freedom Unite in in the high rank and G rank quests quite miserable at times um that i i basically stopped playing around then but we also got a question from uh Dan Dirty D28 to my on Twitter uh he wants to, um he's playing Monster Hunter World right now and it's the first Monster Hunter he's ever played and he wants us to give to give any tips for new players that we might have so uh starting with you Nathan if you if you could you know consolidate your best Monster Hunter advice into one or two tips what would you recommend for a front Dan?
2: Uh, I'd recommend... Uh, well, I think I mentioned it already, is go through each of the weapons and find out what you like. Find out what uh, best suits you. If you like a more like uh, more nimble playstyle, you should try out the like, sword and shield or the insect glaive or the light bow gun. Or if you like prefer to get right in the monster's face, you could try like, like dual blades, you could try like the hammer, long sword, that kind of thing. So always find out what's works best for you. And uh, always make use of uh, the supply box. I think I noticed I was playing with a couple of my new friends who are, sorry, my friends who are new to Monster Hunter, and they kind of just went on the quest without picking up supplies from the supply box. You should always go in there and just make sure you're stocked up for the journey. Oh, that's probably the most important thing, is always make sure you're prepared. Uh, bring along a whole bunch of healing items with you. Because I think right. this game does away with inventory, right? Or to a certain degree. Like, um, doesn't, which...
0: doesn't, no, it doesn't do away with inventory. You still have a limited inventory, but uh, um, healing is a little bit easier because you can find like healing plants and healing bugs in the, during hunts that you can take advantage of, but uh, carrying making sure you have a supply of healing items and boosting items is very, very p- useful. Agreed.
2: Yep, and uh, always eat before you go out.
0: Right. Cool. <laughs> I, I lo- <laughs> quick aside, I love the, uh, the cat chef in town in Monster Hunter World. Just oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a staple now since
2: yeah. since uh, four ultimate. I think they've used the the chef. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it was um. Mm, yeah, they there was eating and chefs in in uh, in freedom 2, but I don't I don't think they were you know very animated expressive cats in, in the older games. Um, but the, the 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 one in uh in Monster Hunter World is this uh muscular cat with an eye patch who uh who. Seems to mostly supervise the cats around him, but always puts the finishing touch on the food. It's it's a very they're very funny, goofy cutscenes.
2: Yeah, I love those.
0: So, um, Nick, if you have one or two pieces of advice that Nathan did not go over for new players to Monster Hunter World, what, what do you think is important to know?
1: I think the main thing is that you need patience. Uh, this is not a game where you can go in and just spam the attack button and you know win the quest. You have to be methodical. You have to watch the attack patterns of the monsters and learn them. Uh, that being said, I don't think it's as difficult as people make it out to be. Uh, it's kind of as difficult as you make it. Like You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and I
0: should mention, World is way easier to deal with than those busted hitboxes on the PSP games.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so much more accessible. Um, my second tip would probably be always make sure your weapon is sharpened. Uh, When I first started out playing, I always said to myself, you know, why am I not doing enough damage? You know, uh, it turned out that my uh, sharpness level had went down completely. And when that happens, your weapon doesn't do anything. Uh, That being said, the hard part is sharpening your weapon mid battle uh, because you're locked into an animation. Uh, So be aware of your surroundings. Um, and don't be afraid to run away. That's that's something that's very vital to this experience. You do not have to tackle everything head on all the time. Running away is sometimes the best strategy, actually.
0: Mm. Um you're absolutely hundred percent right on patience. Like, learn a monster's movements before going in, and don't just dive in. Dive in and attack. That's absolutely excellent advice. And sharpness. I when we've mentioned sharpness several times, and like if your sharpness gets too low sometimes it'll bon- bounce off a monster's hide and it'll lock you in this big reaction animation and you could get killed from it so make and, also- and uh, increases in sharpness I think it's different game to game but it's it's an increase in damage between 5 and like 20% depending on the level of sharpness you're jumping up to and going from yellow down to orange is a de- a decrease in sharpness of about twenty five percent so that's that's a lot that's a big increase so keeping your weapon sharp is absolutely great advice um I don't know what advice I would offer outside of what both of you already said uh, trying all the weapons, making sure to keep stocked in items and food be patient keep your weapon sharpness up that's all excellent. I guess the one thing I would recommend is um once you're settled on a weapon and and are you know in the f- in the hunt just sort of um n- know your range like uh, again every hammer isn't the same every longsword is the same although every weapon of a certain type will have the same animations and same range and knowing exactly how slow your weapon is and what range it is and when you can roll out and when you can cancel into a, a guard or something just understanding everything about the weapon you're using is very very helpful and also pay attention to monster weaknesses if you if you can um, in I mean th- I used to just have to look on the internet to find out where monsters weak points were and what their weak elements were but hitting them with the appropriate element or hitting them with a status effect that they're weak against or hitting them on the head versus the body it, dep- it differs monster to monster but um, going in with a strategy and knowing exactly the you know the limitations of your weapon I think will uh, is the difference between a successful hunt and a failed hunt sometimes, and in, and in world, it's easier than ever because if you if you collect enough tracks and droppings and, and hunt a monster enough, you can uh, go and visit one of the people in your base to, uh, it, they'll give you a handy chart of every monster of uh, a monster's weak points and uh, and weaknesses. That's super super helpful. So I, I I may never have to visit the old Monster Hunter Wikia ever again.
2: <laughs> I remember doing that back in the day.
0: Yeah, it's like okay, new monster. I have no idea what I'm doing. What element is it weak against? Okay, fire on its head. Got it. Get my fire hammer and try to hit it in the head. And now I'll be. I can do that without going online and with handy charts and everything. And it's it's excellent. Monster Hunter World is the the extra information and extra uh, the and extra you know tricks that Monster Hunter World gives you are awesome. So, man. We've covered almost everything, haven't we? We've been talking about Monster Hunter World and weapons and armors and cats and monsters. Um, one thing that uh, Monster Hunter has almost always done, and we've alluded to this a little bit, is they do the Capcom thing of you know, they'll have the you know, Monster Hunter game will come out and then it'll have its Super Turbo edition come out a year or a year and a half later. Um, so, and, and it hasn't been true for every single Monster Hunter game, but for a great many of them. And uh, include and uh, Monster Hunter Generations. That 3DS one has a Switch version come out. That was basically the you know the expanded version of that game. Uh, ca- it came out in Japan last year, which you know as if the Switch needed any more help selling out in Japan. It had a monster. <laughs> it had a Monster Hunter game that uh, the rest of the world did not get. So we're probably going to get a Monster Hunter World G or Super World or whatever they're going to call it. In another year or two world, from now, world ultimate, probably world, world ultimate. I, I, or maybe Monster Hunter. I think Monster Hunter New World would be a cool title for that. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see exactly how they do that. But I think one of there is going to be some DLC for World. But I think that a uh, that an upgraded version is inevitable. So, um, I'm gonna make this a double-sided question, I'm afraid, and I'm gonna start with you, Nick. Uh, what, uh. First of all, are you a little are you upset that the Switch version did not come out um, in North America? And second, uh, and, and second, um, what is something that you would like to see in a Monster Hunter World G or Super World or what have you?
1: Yeah, I am very disappointed that the Switch version did not come out to uh, you know it, it didn't get localized. Uh, I think that made so much sense for the system. Um, it's just it baffled me. Uh, at the same time, I think Capcom wanted to sort of rebrand the series as being more accessible than ever with uh, World. And so it. I understand why they didn't bring it over. I think it was a bad time. They didn't want it to be, you know, here's this really difficult series. Now it's on Switch. They wanted it to be, hey, here's this series that used to be difficult. We've made it a little easier. Now's the perfect time to jump in. Don't play any of the previous ones. If you've never played before, play this one. Um, but it, it's disappointing. Um, what I would like to see more than anything is a return of some of my favorite monsters.
0: Oh, yes. The, 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 as, as, a, as a third corollary to this question, that's exactly the kind of content I wanted you to bring up, so please continue.
1: <laughs> I love the Bracidios. uh, That is probably my oh. favorite one.
0: I unlocked on that in Monster Hunter Generations. That was one of the most recent ones I unlocked before I stopped playing the game, but I don't think I ever fought it.
1: It's, oh, it's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's easily my favorite. I would like to see the return of something like the uh there was one from Generations, the uh Mizutsune, I think is how you pronounce it? Yeah, Mizutsune, yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing to see in HD. Well, that's um, such a
0: unique monster. It Mizutsune is. is one of the uh, I I have fought a Mizutsune, and um it's one of the most beautiful monsters in the series. It's a uh it's a very, like, shimmery, pretty water dragon that has a lot of bubble moves, but and it moves kind of like a serpent does, like very flowy movements. It's it's a cool-looking monster.
1: It's it's amazing. And it highlights, you know, the animations in Monster Hunter is always one of my favorite parts of the series. Uh, the monsters just move so naturally and realistically. It's, it's wonderful. Um, other than that, I, I think that's all I really want. You know, I'm embracing the new changes they're putting into this one. I don't know if there's anything I would like to see them necessarily tweak. I think they pretty much did everything that they could to make this more accessible while still maintaining the classic difficulty. I would like to see maybe a new area of the map. That would be cool. I just unlocked the Coral Highlands. Which is easily my favorite area in the entire series. Do, do we know?
0: Do we know how many areas there are in World? Because it looks like there's fewer compared to older games, and, and I'm sure it's because they have to. You know, it's much more complex and much more labor intensive to do these gigantic areas in in World compared to older ones. But um, do, do we know how many there are?
1: With where I'm at in the story, it looks like there's one more left. So I'm thinking four. Uh the. Wow. I think it's called the Ancient Forest, the Wildspire Waste... The Coral Highlands and the Rotten Vale.
0: Yeah, I, 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 think. I remember seeing the trailer for each of those four, but it, uh, there's no more beyond those four.
1: My map has, <laughs> one, my Fish. Map Fish. has Fish. one shaded part left. Everything else is unlocked. It might be like a secret fifth area. There could be, yeah. yeah.
0: There could be like a special arena for fighting like the big elder dragons at the end, because there's usually right. something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, there is. So but, when you fought the Gormagala and four ultimate, you went to a special area to fight it.
0: Right. See so yeah, a new, a new a new zone and some returning monsters would be excellent additions. I agree. So uh uh Nathan, same question to you. Um what are your thoughts on the Switch Monster Hunter? What do you want to see in a uh, in a, you know, expanded version of Monster Hunter World that we're probably getting? And specific to that second one, what are a returning monster or two you'd like to see?
2: All right. So, yeah, I also expressed my disappointment with them not releasing the Switch version. I prefer Though I I, I kind of understand the reason why because if you put like say like the old Monster Hunter uh, Generations two which is basically what it is Double Cross and then you put next to World it's kind of like you can see the huge difference that uh, that they've made since uh, Generations but uh, maybe hoping they bring it back some days after a little bit after World or maybe bring it out like later this year maybe like, holiday season uh, for. Seeing us, what I would like to see in a G, maybe just bringing back like deviant monsters or the alternate monsters. The, those ones will have different attack patterns and uh,
0: and different colors. That's, different, very, that's very different important. Color. You gotta have your Azerathalos and your Silver Rathalos and your uh, what is it, Pink Rathian and the Gold, the gold and, Rathalos and, and yeah, Pink, Pink <laughs> Rathian and Gold Rathian and
1: Purple Ludroth. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I was. A big, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the green Nargacuga.
2: <laughs> yeah, so maybe uh, we'll probably see those in uh, in that. It's not necessarily I would certainly want it, but I just imagine that's probably what future con or future uh, G or ultimate would probably be like. And for three monsters, I'd like to see back. I I haven't looked at the. I'll admit I haven't looked at the full list for worlds, and I wasn't like, sure what's back. But I mentioned that the Logic Cruise is one of my favorites. I don't know if that's in this game or not. I, I, like
0: I, I have looked at lists. I don't think the Logicruce is back. Um uh let's see we, we Rathalos and Raytheon are back, Diablos is back, uh Baroth is back. Uh the the Devil Joe is I think the first DLC they already announced, or might already be in the game, I'm not sure. But they okay. they, they they only brought back around ten or twelve um large returning large monsters.
2: Okay, so maybe like the Aragon was probably one of my favorites to fight too.
0: I I don't know if that one's in or not. I'd have to look at the list.
2: Okay, I'd like to see that one back. The one with the gigantic chin.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did hunt one of those in Generations, but they, they that was not a Generation Two monster, so I'm not that familiar with the Oregon or Uragan. I'm not. Sure. I, you know, the, 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 these monster names are always so crazy. I think everyone pro- pronounces them all differently. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, and now I'm curious to see it to make sure that any of the ones I want to see back aren't actually coming or not, because it has been a, a day or two since I checked that list. But uh, personally, I think that um, Monster Hunter on the Switch is awesome, and it's a little disappointing we didn't get it. But I think it's probably because Capcom really wanted an, a worldwide launch for Monster Hunter World, and they just put all of their localization effort into preparing World. Is my is my theory at least, and and also uh, I mean Monster Hunter is out is insanely popular in japan but only at niche popularity worldwide so like they are uh they they really want i think they really wanted a monster hunter on the switch for the japanese market and we're focusing on a more international market for monster hunter world which is part of why it has so many you know uh, quality of life improvements and is launching on multiple systems and and all of that so i think i think it was probably a resources decision and not a respect decision for uh, for Capcom to local to localize World and not Double X or Generations 2 or whatever they would call it. So uh, it's a little disappointing, but I, I mean, we're getting Monster Hunter World in the condition that it's in, so I'm, I'm, I can't be that upset. And uh, stuff I want to see in Monster Hunter World G or Super World or World Ultimate, um, I, I agree with everything you both already said. I, uh, I, I'm not sure I want a new weapon type because 14 is already a lot but it would be cool to have more than 3 ranged weapons. I if if they did a new approach with a new kind of ranged weapon that wasn't a bow gun or a bow, I I would like to see that a lot cuz they've had the same selection of ranged weapons for about a decade now. And that's uh that seems a little stale. Like they they added the charge blade and switch axe and insect glaive in the in the intervening 10 years between Unite and the and uh World, but no ranged stuff. So I I'd, I'd like to see something like that. And uh in terms of returning monsters, I mean, my two favorite monsters of all time are the Nargakuga, which is a black panther, uh, wyvern that, you know, has like zigzag moves and evasion armor and looks super cool. I'd love, I'd love to see that thing come back. It was the cover monster of Freedom Unite. And also, uh, my one of my favorite monsters to fight and also least favorite monsters to fight, the Rajang, which I mentioned, I, I made an ice sword and shield oh <laughs> just to fight it. It's a big, um, like, demon-minotaur-looking beast. And uh, I would love to see that come back. And also, um, you know, the, the monsters have all these different classifications. There's no mammals that you fight in Monster Hunter World. It's only wyverns and dragons.
1: Hmm. It's odd. Oh, because let me... They could bring everyone. back something like the Volvidon.
0: Yeah. The, yeah, like... Uh, there's been a, a dozen plus uh m- sort of large carnivorous mammals that you fought in the fight in the in uh past monster hunter games like the Rajong, which is a big minotaur thing. the Volvadon is a uh, like an anteater or a pangolin maybe that's a that's like <laughs> that has a big that has a big tongue uh the lagombi is a giant snow rabbit there's a,
2: bring back the yeah
0: the, the the giant the the pink fart monkey with a face with a hippo face. <laughs> there's a there's a, a wide variety of mammals that have been in Monster Hunter games over the years. Uh, the, the gameth with the um the giant um you know mastodon uh, snow elephant from Generations. I thought that was a really cool monster, but uh, none the of them, yeah yeah none of them uh made it into World, which is too bad. Uh, so yeah, more I I vote for a Nargakuga and more mammal monsters in a hypothetical Monster Hunter World Ultimate. So man, we have been listing things and talking about favorites and just gushing about monster hunter as a series for quite a while now uh, I think it goes without saying that we anyone that is monster hunter curious should give world a try if they possibly can if um, Nathan do you have a final word that you want to give on monster hunter as a series and looking for to the future of monster hunter that you just want to say before we before we start cleaning up
2: Oh, I just like to see the series reach more people. I'm so glad to see that world is finally like co- almost becoming mainstream. it would be nice to be able to teach new people about Monster Hunter.
0: Very cool. And Nick, same to you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I wish more people would give it a shot. Um, like I said, I think people it has a reputation of being like super insanely difficult, and it's really not. Um, so I'm I'm glad that there are so many quality of life improvements. Uh, and this one, that I think more people are going to jump on board, um, and that you know, as someone who loves the series as much as I do, having new fans is just you know delightful.
0: Right on. Yeah, it's it's going to be super cool having a Monster Hunter game that has a uh, a lot that is has a lot of enthusiasm around it, and you can get matches online all the time. When my uh, when my friend moved away, and we and. Uh, and I started to, you know, stop playing Monster Hunter. We tried to use a, a program called PS three ad hoc party to play when he was in Germany and I was in the east coast of the United States. Where basically you hook up a PS three with a wired connection and then play local PSP multiplayer games by picking up on the PS three hotspot. It was it was weird and complicated, and about ninety percent of the of the rooms playing in there were Monster Hunter or Dissidia. Um, sounds about right. Yeah, it was it was it was a messy program to use, but we did manage to do some you know like uh like silver wrath gold wrath in the arena double hunts together because you, you got to get those uh Rathalos jewels and Rathalos heavenly scales, yep <laughs> but yeah i'm I'm really happy about the reaction to Monster Hunter World, and I'm looking forward to playing more of it throughout the year so I think that about wraps it for episode 120 of Retro Encounter, ladies and gents. Uh, Next week, we have a very special cat-themed episode. Um, that Alana is hosting. It is a sequel to the dog episode that we did in 2017, and I know that there was a lot of there was a lot of excitement uh, among the people that are on that episode to talk about kitties for an hour and a half. So that uh, so look, please look forward to that. Um, following that, we have two Valkyrie profile episodes coming soon, and also a another dog episode, but not about RPG dogs. Uh, a special episode for the Chinese New Year, Year of the Dog. Okami. We're going to talk about Okami for an hour, and probably 45 minutes of that hour will just be Caitlyn, because I'm I'm not sure I've ever I've never heard of a person who likes Okami more than Caitlyn does. So, but we have not recorded that yet. But I'm looking forward to um, being on that episode. So. If you, the listener, wants to get in contact with us, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. We read everything that is directed to us. There is also the rpgfan.com message boards, the rpgfan Facebook page, and our Twitter account, RPGFancom. Which cause someone else had taken RPG fan by the time we uh, by the time we got on Twitter, so you have to remember to add that com at the end. I've accidentally <laughs> I've accidentally added the wrong account a couple times. over over the course of my social media career.
2: Is it still active?
0: I, I don't think so, <laughs> but I think it's been sitting around mostly inactive <laughs> for years, but, uh, but whatever, we're RPG Fancom on Twitter. And uh, also, if you want to leave us you know some positive feedback or any kind of constructive feedback, the best way to do so is to review us on our iTunes, Google Play or any podcast listening venue that you found us, where you found us. So um, starting with you, Nick, what is the best way for listeners to get in touch with you?
1: Um the best way is you can email me at nickr at rpgfan.com or find me on Twitter at the Kinway.
0: Right on. And uh, Nathan, same to you. All
1: right, so you can email me at nathanl@rpgfan.com
2: uh, NathanL at rpgfan.com and my Twitter handle is at SmashKing27.
0: Right on, and I am at the real monsoon on Twitter, and my RPG fan email is my last name, solosi at rpgfan dot com. And I also have a second Twitter account, at evoker for dogs where I nerd out about things like Power Rangers and Persona Q and things that are just too annoying for my main Twitter account. <laughs> so, listeners, thank you for listening to us talk about Monster Hunter for so long. It is a series near and dear to all three of us, and I hope that uh, you join us in the, you know, in the new world, hunting those Rathaloses. Rathali? Rath- just, just Rathalos? No end- ending? Mm-hmm. Do we, what are our thoughts on monster hunter plurals, guys?
1: Oh boy. Uh, um, I think oh, you, should, you know it's it's like moose.
0: Okay, so you, so so you, no plural attachment, no no changing the syllable. Exactly. Right, okay. So please join us in the new world, hunting all of those siregios. Uh, Wait, no, that's not in the game. No. What's one of, What's no, one so. of the cool new ones?
1: Uh, Toby Kadachi.
0: Toby Kadachi, yeah. So thank you. Good night. And good luck.